from the diary of Cody Ernst Jr. Dear Diary, today was the coolest day of my life. First of all, I got to go to Old Navy, which you know is my favorite place to pop off because I've mentioned it in previous diary entries. Also, big news on other fronts, I made some new friends, and they are absolutely 100% totally normal high school kids, and I cannot wait to spend more time with them in the future. Oh, I guess I should probably update you on what's been going on with the Monster Hunter Club lately. Even though I'm not sure we're going to be a gang for much longer, maybe that's just a vibe I'm picking up that no one else is. Anyway, Susan, I think, is still hard at work trying to convert her Monster Girth book into a movie. Crashly got in huge trouble with her mom, but I wasn't there for that, so I just assume she's grounded for life. Adam and Shamanda are bonded by the soul now, which seems a little heavy for high school, but not my business. What else happened? Oh, right. I'm being haunted by a ghost, and it low-key kind of sucks. So just trying to get rid of this Chet character, I think I might have banished him for good, which is perfect timing because... I'm rocking a brand new pair of Heelys! Editor's note, Heelys is underlined and exclamation pointed three or four times in this diary entry. Catch a laters! CJ, out. Welcome to Mystery County Monster Hunters Club, where we use dice to tell a story of teenage terrors and supernatural scenarios. I'm Tyler Samples, your keeper of monsters and mysteries. Let's meet our players. Hi, everybody. I'm Rashawn Nadine Scott, and my character is Shamanda Felt, the Crooked. And you can bet your Philosopher's Stone that I've got midnight tickets to Goblet of Fire. Hi, this is Erin Rain. I play Crashly Grenadine, the Flake, and I'm a girl to... I mean, a teen detective. Hi, everybody. My name is Claire Linick. I play Susan Wexler. I'm an expert whose heart was hurt by three separate men named Bert. Hey, I'm Alan Linick, and I play C.E.J. C.E.J. is a mundane boy who's recently become spooky. And one thing you'd love to know about him... Um... Where we left off, C.E.J. just had a pretty startling discovery about his new friends in the Old Navy, namely that whoever they are, they're wearing the skin of the teenagers that he thinks he is friends with. Adam has gone to meet up with the monster hunters. Susan, Shamanda, and Crashly are all headed to the Quivic house, a house in town where there seems to be some sort of conundrum taking place. The thing is, Adam never shows up, and I'm just going to cover this right away. You guys text him a few times. You get no response. He just doesn't. He's gone. You don't Even know where with he our is. Soul bond. I I can't place him. No. Wow. Uh oh. Yeah. Uh, you guys, I'm really worried about Adam. He should have been texting back, or at least eating a T-shirt or something. No. Also. 
the other thing I want to point out is, Shamanda, you actually haven't had a ch- This is the first time that you've seen Susan and Crashly or any of the Monster Hunters. So nobody else knows yet about this soul bond or anything uh, like that. So I don't know if that's something you're sharing or keeping private or what. Uh, no, that's a secret. Oh, okay. Yeah, so then continue. Yeah, you're worried. He should be eating t-shirts. He should be eating t-shirts with us. I mean, if he's a grub, he can't text. And if he's eating t-shirts, he probably won't text. So, like, he's, like, part Mothman, so I don't think you need to worry about him so much. No offense. Yeah, he's probably just doing regular Mothman stuff. Oh, okay. All right, uh, I'm just going to not worry about stuff that I can't control. Um, Oh, that's my mantra. Oh, Wexler, good to see you again. How's your sister? Whoops, am I not here? (laughs) I'm sorry. No, you're there. I just oh haven't God. seen you since you stormed out of the school. You had a sprite and everybody took off and then I never saw you. Yeah, this is essentially so the last time that Susan has seen the kids, she had a memory demon steal away the memory of her tripping from them all. You guys don't re- know that because it stole your memory of that moment. But then she went to go take a break and you all felt weird for some reason and so all went home and now it is the next morning. So yeah, Susan... As you guys all walk up towards the house, I assume you've all parked or walked at least like a block away, kind of following normal protocols of trying to keep a low profile. So you sort of see each other and and nudge each other and conglomerate together. This being Susan, Crashly, and Shamanda. I I think CEJ, we're going to cut over in a second back to the Old Navy and see what happens there. But so the three of you are there. Okay. um, I think we should look around the house, like around the curtilage, and see if anything looks weird outside. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to look around. Yeah, so what you see as you walk up to the Quivic house, you see there is there are neighbors out, quite a few, a lot of them in bathrobes with coffee mugs, staring at it, kind of murmuring to each other, enough that you actually don't see the house at first. You see parked on the street in front of the house is a pickup truck that looks to be like kind of a utility truck there's a with a van behind it like a utility van a handyman truck and a handyman van and you see as you walk in and you push past the people you see the house and it is covered bottom to top in christmas lights oh wow and when i say that you all know the quivic house like the quivic's are known for for their elaborate Christmas display that is that they leave up year round. It's a bit of an eyesore. People are fairly frustrated at it, especially in this kind of more secluded neighborhood that is here. But it is something that the town is aware of. This is not that. This is not just a large Christmas display. This is when I say like is covered in Christmas lights. I mean literally, it looks like a hedge. Of Christmas lights, just like wrapped all around it, completely so, like, wrapped can't around it. Open the door and like uh, that exactly. Okay. And you see those Christmas lights starting to. They seem to have bridged the gap to the houses next to it on either side, and you can see them slow. Like when you look at them, you don't see them moving, but when you look away and look back, those l- lights have extended further onto the houses on either side and is slowly expanding into those other houses. So whatever this is seems to be spreading to the houses around it. Is there a chimney on the Quivic house? There is. 
That seems like the most suspicious area Christmas-wise. So I'm going to climb up the Christmas lights, like using them like a rope ladder. Sure. And and before you do that, I will remind you there is a whole group of bystanders there watching the house. So are you just yeah. pushing past them and climbing up? Yeah. I'm going to say, don't worry. I'm a gr- teen detective. And I'm going to crawl up it like a rope ladder. Great. Uh, I give Crashly a boost. Okay. Thanks. Crashly, yeah, I think this is going to be an act under pressure. Okay, word. I got a nine. A nine, great. A nine, yeah. And you know what? Because Shamanda is helping, we will do this with our new kind of, I'm goosing the help out rules to make them a little more juicy for players to want to play with. So you get to, if you want, you can re-roll one of your dice that you rolled because Shamanda is helping you. Okay, I'll do that. Actually, I'm sorry. No, Shamanda, if you want to help, if you actually do want to help, you will need to roll plus cool and you can can try to help juice Crashly's Mm, roll. That's going to be a seven. Okay, so yes, Crashly, you are getting advantage. You get to re-roll one of your dice if you want. Okay. It didn't help. It, it was a little worse. That's fine. You get to keep the higher of the rolls. Okay, great. So you have a nine. and But thanks sh- for trying. Shamanda, you get exposed <laughs> to a little bit of danger. And at the same time, Crashly, you have a worse outcome, hard choice, or price to pay. So Shamanda, you go to give Crashly a boost. And as you do, you feel something slither against your calf. <laughs> it is a Christmas light like a tentacle of Christmas light seems to wrap up and slither over and hold your calf against the wall. And you can feel it slowly coming up your legs. So you are starting to get entwined in this. Crashly, you do get boosted up. So you are able to get up further. The problem is the way to the chimney is you're kind of encountering the same thing. This is a topography where it is shifting constantly because of the Christmas lights slithering back and forth over, over each other. As you've gotten closer to it, they're moving more freely. I see. Like very active vines. To get to the chimney feels outside of your scope of ability because of, of this. Like You will definitely lose your grip. You could get in through a window on the first floor. I'm going to do that. Okay. But you will need to break the window to get in. I'm okay with that. Okay. So you break the window to get in. Shamanda, what are you doing as the Christmas lights go over your calves? Uh, I reach down and I unscrew all the little bulbs. <laughs> it yes. doesn't seem to have an effect. Damn it. Uh, yeah. um, I take out my pocket knife, okay. uh, my Swiss Army knife, and I try to cut myself free. Okay. Mm. Yeah, why don't you go ahead and act under pressure? So roll plus cool. Roll plus cool. That's going to be a, a nine. Okay. Nice. Shimana, as you cut away and you free yourself from it, you feel some sort of force is drawn to the attack that it is experiencing. More lights are shooting towards you. You can free yourself and push away from the house, but it is going to be staying targeted to you. Or you can try to push yourself into the house and get inside, but you don't know what's going to necessarily be in there because you're not quite where Crashly is. So you'd be entering a different room of the house. So essentially, you can either get in now and be separated from Crashly, or you can stay outside of the house, but it is going to be significantly harder for you to get in going forward. 
Uh, okay. Um, as I, I feel like I'm going to be pulled in, but as I'm doing that, I'm going to lock eyes with Wexler and say, uh, room for one more. <laughs> oh, I'm going, I'm here. I come. I'm going to head a big on hair, in with bear her. Hug. Um. <laughs> Great. Okay. So Susan, you are also going in. Yes, sir. <laughs> so you are grabbing on to Shamana and getting pulled in with her. Great. We'll cut over to CEJ. As the three of you enter into this odd, almost like a jungle of Christmas lights. But CEJ, you're in a very different place. You're in Old Navy. And specifically, you are in the dressing room area, showing off these cool new discount damaged pants to your three friends. Jeremy, Cynthia, and Joel are there. They're cheering you on. And you are seeing just the the dead skin move and contort in smiling, jovial faces, and Chet is gone. And you kind of blew him up when you forced him away. In this moment, you've decided to kind of block it all off and not think about it. Does that stand? What are you doing? Uh, I'm I'm spinning in a slow circle for my, my new friends, uh, and I'm saying, Ooh, ja, uh-uh, a pants. And um, Brian Mosby comes over and he says, oh, wow. Hey, nice pants, man. And says to Joel, hey, Joel, uh, the boss wants to talk to you. So um, I don't know, man. And Joel's like, oh, and walks away with Brian Mosby. So it is just you and Jeremy and Cynthia. Man, uh, what's what's crawled up that guy's butt? Am I right, guys? I know, right? <laughs> oh, my that God. That's a good one. So hilarious. What did you mean by what crawled up his butt, though? Whose butt? What crawled up Brian Mosby, Brian guy, you know? <laughs> yeah, right, man. What crawled up his butt? That's what Good I'm one. saying. Crawling up butts can't be the worst thing in the world, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Good point, though. With all this no, guys I mean, stuff that happens around here, crawling up butts is probably <laughs> the most, like, sane, chill thing ever. It sounds, like, pretty chill. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know about that. Have you ever tried it? Like, don't <laughs> knock it. Thought <laughs> um, so you were less judgmental than the CEJ. You're the man. <laughs> I mean, well, I guess what do we mean by like crawling up? Because I'm thinking like you know a spider. Oh no, nothing. Like no, that's that'd be gr- that's like eight legs. That's sick, man. No, you're right. <laughs> we're on the same page always. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We are on the same page. At this point, yeah. Brian comes back over and he's like, "Oh, hey, um, so sorry, uh, Cynthia, uh, Jeremy, um." I think there's a problem with your time cards that you guys punched out last week. Um, you might want to check that out at the manager's office here. I'll hang out with CEJ until you guys get back. Okay, what crawled up your butt? Tell me about it in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> nice so one, funny. Cynthia. And so Cynthia, <laughs> and Cynthia and Jeremy. I'm Cynthia. <laughs> <laughs> nice one, Cynthia. Cynthia and Jeremy walk away sort of you can see at a glance from the CEJ Brian Mosby isn't like asserting his control over them or anything it seems more like whoever is the boss is somebody that everybody is a little very willing to be subordinate to and so they are going away just on the off chance that there is a problem but for the moment then it is just you and Brian Mosby there all right ring me up Brian Oh, sure. Yeah. Come on, CEJ. Let's get you out of here. Let's get you out of the Old Navy. Huh? You yeah, probably got think- a busy day ahead of you. You don't want to be hanging out here at the Old Navy, right? I, mean, I do like 
I like the Old Navy, but nah, you're you know not what? a cool kid like you. You don't want to be here at the Old Navy. You want to go. You want to get out of here. Um, I mean, I guess I could. There's other places I could go. Yeah, you should. You should go away. You should get out of here. Okay, now it's. I mean, look, Mosby. I don't want to assume anything here, but it kind of sounds like you're trying to get rid of me, my guy. <laughs> what? And he is looking around very nervously. You see a CCTV camera in the corner, like a little closed circuit. And I think you would realize this, that because he's being so overt that he has his back to it. So his mouth and face is not looking at it. And he's looking at you and he's like, that's crazy, man. You should just get out of here. You should. You really should just go. I mean, you've got I so think much. I see what's happening here, bright guy. I put one hand on his shoulder. I say, yeah, look, I know you know that I didn't get that Coldstone job. And yeah, I look snazzier and way cooler and more comfortable and approachable in my new pants. But I'm not coming for your job, my guy. I just want to get ringed up and then I'll be on out of this old Navy in a second. I'm not trying to show you up. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah, great. Uh, okay, well, um, yeah, I, I didn't think you I don't think you would want my job. Um, so anyway, um, why no don't you come with Brian. me? And he pull he like is tugging on your hand, pulling you towards the checkout. Now, Brian Mosby, okay, oh, I have wait, to... let me get my old damaged pants out of the <laughs> dressing room. Damn. And he's like, no, no, no. You, um, I'll get those for you. You just go, go ahead and go towards the front. And he's looking over and cause next to the dressing room is the employee entrance, like the employees only entrance. And he, where Cynthia and Jeremy and, Joel went through and he's kind of nervously looking at that and then tugging on your hand and getting pulling you towards the checkout. Okay, geez, Bry guy, what is going on? When Brian has always been weird, is your recollection certainly a lot more recently, like recently being like about a year ago, Brian Mosby got in a pretty bad car crash, but surprisingly made like a full recovery. Everybody was was really surprised by it. But since then, he's especially been pretty weird. He actually dropped out of school. So he just kind of works full time at the old Navy. He didn't even work there before. So you haven't really interacted with him much since the car crash, but he is pulling on your hand and being like, okay, come on, let's, let's get to the front. Let's, let's get you checked out of the old Navy and back out into town away from here. Let's go. Okay. Okay. Are there any other shoppers in this old Navy? Well, it is very early in the day. It is, I think we established about 7.30 in the morning in the Old Navy. So I would say there's probably a few, but it's not like super crowded, but it's not empty. Like it's not ghost town empty or anything. Yeah, there's for sure. There's a, there's like a, an old lady. She's like real old. Yeah, she's super old. Like very, very old. Yeah. And she's got a kid. There's like a kid with her who like clearly doesn't want to be here, but she's kind of got like a like a vice grip. They're holding hands and she's just kind of like tugging them around the store and looking at stuff. Yeah. And she's only she's only looking at the accessories parts of Old Navy, like specifically like the gloves area. And just, just had a, a visceral reaction to that. <laughs> I just miss Old Navy. So good. <laughs> someday. Someday we'll go back. Someday we'll be back there. Yeah. And so are you letting Brian pull you to the checkout? I guess. I mean, so far, the only normal kids I've met in this town are Joel, Jeremy, and Cynthia. So that Brian's being weird, it makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so he used he... to go to Queen Latifah's, which is where all the weird kids go. It's ah! true. That is canonically true. 
With the exception of Crashly. She's pretty weird. But in more of a commercial way, so it's accessible. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I think if Crashly's family was um, different, she would be going to Queen Latifah's. Yeah. It is a little bit more free thinking than Paula would necessarily be willing to participate in. Paula Grenadine, her mom. You get pulled up to the to the register. Brian Mosby is flying through this interaction. He is trying to ring you up as quickly as possible. You see stacked on next to the register a series of textbooks, and they appear to be like books like chemistry, English, things. And then on, on top of it is like a study guide to the GRE. Or I'm sorry, not to the GRE. A study guide to the GED. And... <laughs> no, I, w- I want the GRE. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. A study guide to the GRE is there, and he is... And underneath that is a study guide to the GED. He has both there stacked up. And he's like, um, yeah, so, uh, all right. So, uh, and, and there was, of course, uh, uh, employee discount, I think I heard is going to do. So, so that'll uh, all work out to about uh, 1957. Um, sounds good to me. Here's a 20. He takes your, your money. He gives you your change. And he's like, all right, please have a good day. Um, we don't want to keep you here. I'll, I'll, let, I'll let your friends know that you had to go. Um, just, just go, CJ, please. Just well, go. I mean, I'm going to wait up for my friends. Damn. CJ, please go. What? Brian? I lean over the counter and I'm like, buddy, look at me. Hey, look at me. Brian. He does. Brian. Oh, okay. <laughs> Brian. What is up? Are you trying to get an honest answer? Yeah. Okay. CEJ, you are trying are you trying to manipulate him or are you trying to say what's up with you? Seems like what's, what's up, up with, with you? you. So roll plus charm. Ooh, baby. It's a 13. Ooh, you will get Damn. an honest answer. Wow. And you will be able to clear a condition or take plus 1 on your next roll. All it takes is new jeans. All it takes is these new jeans for a confident CEJ. CEJ, yeah, here's what happens. Can I add these new jeans to my gear? Yes, you can. Absolutely. <laughs> Do they confer me any mechanical benefits? Not in the least. They they look nice. Oh, all right. Yeah. But not too nice because they're already damaged. So, you know, you wouldn't be able to wear them as like church jeans or something like that. Also, as if. looking at your sheet here, I realize... We still have, you still have that millipede scale that you have not yet converted over into being like a shield. So that is something at oh, yeah. some point. I thought I had, oh, uh, you're right. Yeah, let's, I'll do that. Or we, I got so much to do. You know what? Here's, here's really what I mean by it. We haven't established when you did it. So is that something that you would have spent one night like crafting? Um, given all the stuff that's been going on, probably not, to be honest. Okay. It's on my to-do list, but, like, also I have to write a paper about The Awakening. (laughs) Yeah. Which, by the way, is a dumb book that sucks. I've never even read it. The Awakening. It's by Kate Chopin. Wow. We had a pop quiz on it earlier this week. I read that in high school. Yeah. We had a a quiz on it earlier this week, and I asked Crashly for help with it, and she said, nah. Or like she was busy. It, it felt like a hard no, whatever the answer was that she actually gave. Um, and I got a 70 on it. And now my English grade is really riding on this paper. Yeah. Your boy's going through a lot. He, yeah, you've got a busy, busy week. Honestly, I think I'm going through the most, I would say, of like all of our characters. <laughs> I think so, too. Oh, also, CEJ, I n- need to say, 
This is, see, EJ doesn't realize it, but this is completely a don't worry, I'll check it out situation that you are currently in. Oh, sweet. So you get to what mark experience. experience for me. And what was the question that you were asking Brian Mosby? I think I just said, what is up? Yeah. Like, are you okay? You seem nervous. And is so you get to ask one of the questions to... that we have listed there on the what's up with you thing. So what do you, you really it. want? What do you wish I would do? What are you leaving out? How could I get you to do whatever? Hey, can... what are you leaving out, my man? Because like, I, it's coming pretty clear that you want to get me out of here and that you are nervous. But yeah. other than that, I got no idea. He looks around kind of very furtively and looks forward. Two things happen at the same time. One, he grabs your hand tightly Ew. as he's handing you the receipt. And two, your sight kicks back on that you uh, had a moment before when you were in the dressing room, kicks back on, and you realize he is the same as as the other kids. He is He is a skin wearer. And he is like, you are in danger. You need to get out of here. She You're wants dead. you. She wants dead. you. You're dead. No, no, I'm not. You're dead. Let go. Uh, and he he does he lets go dead, he's like dead, it's not what you think i didn't dead, i didn't freak, choose freak, this dead, dead. i didn't choose it right, and you're just freaking out is that correct dead, dead man you're dead the old the very old woman and the child with her both look over kind of confused and are like oh and you see a couple other shoppers there how much of a freak out are you having like how much of a disturbance are you creating in this store? i run i run I, I i tear ass out of there as soon as like, you start to run away you see charging out of the employees only door jeremy Joel and Cynthia, they are oh, good. calling for you to and, and trying to get you to stay. No, get, let's get out of here, guys. There's something wrong with this Brian. Cynthia and Jeremy, you absolutely need to keep him in the Old Navy. Bro, you haven't See, even looked EJ's. at your sandals. you got to come back in. <laughs> no, no, we got to get, get right out of here. Brian, there's something There's really so many wrong cool with him. ones. No, no don't with be crazy, EJ. Yeah, come with us, bro. And Brian is just, Brian's like, this isn't right. We shouldn't be doing this. Let him go. Let him go. You let go. What the heck are you talking? These guys have done nothing to me except be cool and friendly. Yeah, we're his best friends, bro. I cried about it. They gave me Heelys and a hat. All I'm missing is their shirt. I'll give you my shirt. shirt. You want it? Come come on inside. And they're trying to pull you towards the employees only door, CEJ. Or anything that gets me out of this room. No, no, CEJ, don't, don't. You need to get, get out of here, CEJ. Get off me, dead man, freak. Wait, yeah, get off. dead man. Yeah, You're, You're gonna dead. be a dead man. Yeah, I push Brian. <laughs> yeah, we push him. Yeah, he he gets knocked back. He's he's pretty weak. And at this point, your sight is on CEJ. You are not able to turn it off. And again, Jeremy and Cynthia and Joel look the same. They're dead skin people as well and actually every employee in the old navy is reading the same way is just pinging straight through there's something magic animating uh, I just you know it'd be fun eyes. if you I got a job eyes. here bro I, I close my eyes and i i let them lead me i let them lead me away and and no, over my shoulder you let them I, lead so you're letting them lead you deeper into the old navy yeah I'm, I'm gonna, i just want to get away from brian um but as as we go through the door to the employee only area i look back over my shoulder i'm like and, and you owe me 43 cents and change <laughs> For those pants. It was 1950s. I did the math. You freak. Dead. Dead. God, get me out of here, Jeremy. Oh, well, why don't you just get in here? And as Jeremy walks through the employee-only entrance and pulls you in, 
Jeremy reaches down, grabs his upper lip, and pulls and pulls it back over his head like a hoodie. And you see underneath a salamander. <laughs> ah, titties. <laughs> and, and you see another one. And they're like, she must be served. And they lead you deeper into the bowels of oh, the old navy. Oh, no. I thought this plot point was forgotten. <laughs> Never. <laughs> From many episodes. <laughs> so we cut back over to Crashly, Shamanda, and Susan. Shamanda and Susan, you have burst into what it turns out to be the kitchen of the Quivic house. Crashly, you are in the living room. These are separate spaces. Now, here's the other thing I realize that we need to establish is, Susan, what did you tell the kids? Because you heard on the band that there was that a work crew had been entwined in the Quivic house by Christmas lights on the Cramo scanner is what you heard. You texted Crashly and you told everybody else Crashly knew the details. So how much did you share all of that information with Crashly? Really, what I want to know is what does each character know about the current situation they find themselves in? Uh, so I made a mistake. Uh, I told Crashly everything and I just got a little caught up in the moment. So now I'm desperately trying to catch uh, Shamanda up <laughs> and was like, you know, it's easier to see something than hear something. And so um, I feel like you might already know this, but uh, these lights here are causing a little problem and they've intertwined a work crew. You don't say. <laughs> I Well, listen, I, I, okay. Sorry. I didn't tell you one thing. And I have to imagine that Susan, at the start of this, when you got the buzz and stuff, that you, you know, you've been dealing with a lot the last couple of weeks of like things have been going really wrong for this little hodgepodge group that you keep organized. You've been feeling really uh, insecure about how you're keeping them safe and everything. You've made some bold promises about that you'll definitely keep them safe and stuff. And I have to imagine that when you heard the scanner, you were like, this is a layup. We're going to do this right and by the book and we're going to we're going to like show our stuff. Is that an accurate impression? Yeah, I kind of thought this was a Susan's <laughs> moment to shine. Yeah. And as you watch the kids push past you and push push past all the bystanders and just immediately start to engage the house, you felt a little bit of a trepidation of like, "Oh, maybe this is not going great." And as it started to entwine around Shamanda, it it got a little worse. And then as Shamanda just grabbed your hand and pulled on you as you guys all got yanked into the the house, it just completely lands of like, "Cool, this this is where you are at." So you are in now inside this house. In the kitchen, the kitchen, it is very difficult to see what distinguishes each room because each room on the inside is coated in twisting and crawling vine-like Christmas lights. The only light in this house is from the Christmas lights, multicolored light that is sort of pale, bleeding over your faces, some of it giving an almost strobe effect because some of it's blinking and things and you're in vaguely what you can tell from the kitchen just in terms of like there's a counter shape covered in christmas lights there is a a dining table ish looking shape covered in wreathed in christmas lights and they are uh, entwined all over the floor and everything the only thing sticking out from the christmas lights are any christmas ornamentation and stuff the inside of this house is as christmas bedecked as the outside. So there's like a little Santa Claus cooking bacon, little accessory thing that is nailed above the oven. 
and things like that. Like brick, Christmas bric-a-brac is all over. But other than that, you you don't see anything. So you catch Shamanda up with what you know. And what do you do? Um, I'm going to read a bad situation, but I also want to use my uh, third eye. Hmm. Okay, great. So Susan Rexler, let's see here. When you read a bad situation, you can open up your third eye to take in extra information. Take plus one hold on any result of seven or more. Plus you can see invisible things. On a miss, you may still get one hold, but you're exposed to supernatural danger. So a plus one hold means uh, you'll have a plus one. You'll be able to ask an additional read a bad situation question anytime you want. So you'll get an extra question, essentially, is what it is. So go ahead and and roll for read a bad situation. Roll plus sharp. Okay. It is a 12. Oh, wow. Okay, so you get up to four questions because of your third eye opening. So you can ask any of the questions that we have down there, uh, which is what's my best way in, my best way out? Are there any dangers we haven't noticed? What's the biggest threat? What's most vulnerable to me? What's the best way to protect the victims? You can ask those now or you can ask them at any point while you're in this scenario. You have four questions you can ask. Yeah, I'm going to start with, are there any dangers we haven't noticed? Great question. And this is this is going to come via your third eye, which is you can see invisible things. As you open, as you sort of center yourself and go through the arcane ritual of opening your third eye and, and accessing sort of those elements of your training, you look around the room and appraise it from a kind of different perspective. You can see there is a spectral form kind of ensconcing every single strand of Christmas lights. It's weird because it's like a human body distorted to the point that the it's it all looks like skin kind of and so you you can tell it it seems like there is a ghost that is poltergeisting to a level that you've almost never even heard of before these christmas lights so yeah you are currently standing inside a ghost okay um great i'm going to use one more of my questions right now and i think i kind of know the answer but i want to be sure Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to ask what's the biggest threat but I understand that obviously this ghost is the biggest threat so could it be what's the biggest threat about this ghost yeah that makes sense to me um, so I think the biggest threat about it so th- this actually comes from a little bit of what you know like you you moved to Haverford and Mystery County, so you know you're always going to be a bit of an outsider. Even if you live here 40 years, you'll still still be the person who's a transplant. Um, you know that's just how tight knit Haverford is. Um, but there is some things you know. Obviously, you know the Quivics are known for their Christmas displays. You've been around enough to have heard, and I think you, when you you came in, you heard some of the bystanders kind of muttering to each other about it, which is. There has been an ongoing thing for a number of years. The HOA has been trying to get them to take down their Christmas displays, and there's been a, a real resistance to that. Melvin Quivick passed away about two weeks ago, and it seems from what you heard coming in that the HOA president has taken advantage of this to force 
the the Christmas lights to come down, going so far as to hire a, a cleanup crew. And they had started taking it down. And then something happened. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, these Christmas lights exploded into being. So you don't know why. It, so essentially, what you what you piece together from having heard overheard people being like yeah it's terrible you know the four of them went in they went in with doug you know the hoa president and and then but bloop and then you know they're all just they're all just took up it's real tough okay so you know the biggest threat is the ghost you know that the ghost is melvin is probably melvin quivick yeah the answer is if you insult melvin or try to attack his christmas displays in any way that is what will cause the biggest threat to you. Okay. And is my next question is, is Crashly within earshot of me? You don't know yet. You can try. Uh, Crashly, babe. Crashly will cut over to you. You are in the living room. Mm-hmm. This is similarly just completely coated on the inside with Christmas Christmas mm-hmm. uh, lights. So, and, and they are actively moving and shifting. And it's, it's very uncomfortable. Very yeah. gross. You are in the living room. You do hear faintly, you hear the murmuring sound. It's a little difficult to hear because of all the, presumably all the Christmas lights in between, but you can hear in the next room, Shamanda and Ms. Wexler talking, but you also hear some moaning coming from the chimney. Oh, brother. Okay. So I'm going to yell. I can hear them talking and I hear moaning from the chimney. Okay. So I'm going to yell like, Ms. Wexler, Shamanda, there's something in the chimney. I'm going up. So well, I'm not going to oh. go. You know what? I take that back because I'm not possessed or anything. I'm being a little more cautious. So I'm saying, I'm going to look up there. So I'm going to go and look up the chimney. Okay. okay. I'm use my oh. flashlight. I think this is a good instance to go ahead and do investigate a mystery. Okay. Great. We'll see how well you get these this info. Oh, I did pretty good. Let me see what my... I got a 12. Okay, great. Yeah, it's rolling amazing today. Yeah, this is yeah. great job. No experience, but you guys are doing very well. <laughs> you look inside. You're able to very faintly see in between the strands of Christmas lights. There is somebody who is wrapped up and inside the chimney. Uh-oh. Part of the reason you're able to see is there is a light. There is sparks shooting and you see underneath their feet. There is one of the Christmas light bulbs. There is a spark shooting out of it. It looks like the light is faulty. Oh, are the lights on? All of the lights are on. Oh, I missed that. Okay, got no, it. it's totally fine. So it's bright. Okay, got it. It's bright, but it's like not that bright because these are these are not like LED lights. These are mm-hmm. classic incandescent lights. Most mm-hmm. of them. There are some newer LED lights, but a lot of this is old stock. You look inside. There is a woman inside who is wrapped up like a fly in a spider's web dangling from the chimney above the only part that is not covered by lights, which is the wood underneath the, at the base of the the fireplace. And mm-hmm. right in the wood nestled in there is a light that is shooting sparks and looks like oh. a definite fire hazard. And the only thing you're able to see is like her eyes narrowly looking through the Christmas lights and a muffled, help me, please. I'm going to try to pull her down. Definitely. I'm going to, yeah, try to pull her down. And I'm going to keep um, yelling for Shamanda and Miss Wexler. Yeah, I'm going to grab Shamanda's hand and get into this room. Okay. So you are going to act under pressure to push through the Christmas lights. Now, 
Susan, then from what you have gathered, you know, being any way that would feel to the ghost as disrespectful towards the Christmas right. displays is going to cause a reaction. Um, so I'm just I'm going to walk in and be like, Crashly, do not touch those lights. No, I just want to point out the doorway is completely in- covered in oh. these viney Christmas lights as well. So how are you getting through this thick covered doorway of Christmas lights? Oh, no, because we don't want to mess with the lights. Uh, I have a thought. Uh, since I have a little bit more uh, connected to the soul, I want to use my telepathy to see if I can uh, channel this ghost and see if we can calm mm. this situation diplomatically. Interesting. Mm. Now, Shamanda, this is so this brings up an interesting thing. Generally, there is a move that you can take anytime any of you could that allows you to basically talk to monsters or monster-like things, like have the ability to calm things down. But since you haven't taken that move yet, I'll tell you, this is what happens. As soon as you telepathically... (laughs) Okay. As soon as you telepathically try to connect with this dead spirit, it is the amount of insane rage that comes through. Just livid anger (laughs) comes in attacks, and it feels like you are being slapped Ah. in your mind. So you are going to take one harm oh, no. from from this burst of insane rage. And as that happens, <laughs> Susan, you see behind you, between you and Shamanda, a glow, a dark red glow. As you turn around and you see something stepping out of a void between worlds. And oh it is God. a demon. It is a classic <gasps> red-skinned, hooved demon. And it comes out and it says, who's trying to fuck with my charge? Uh, and it, Santa's it, here. <laughs> and that's where we'll end our session for today. Oh, oh my god. That was so scary. Thanks so much for listening, Monster Hunters. If you enjoyed this, give us a rating on iTunes or join our Patreon. We have tons of extra content in there, fun opportunities to interact with us, and we'd be so excited to have you, just like we are for Matthew House, our newest member of Patreon. Matthew, thank you for joining us, and we are excited to play with you and for you. Until next time, watch out for the goonch. Hey everybody, Tyler Samples here. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of um, Mon- Mis- Mystery County Monster Hunters Club. Feel free to... Uh, we love when you leave reviews. Uh... He'll keep going till someone stops him. He really hey guys, I just will. got back from the bathroom. What are we doing? <laughs> Design Doc started as a podcast about designing a role-playing game. Over the years, it's turned into so much more. It's a show about the challenges of burnout, making money from creative projects, and what goes into bringing a game to life. Come along with Hannah and Evan in a living documentation of the game design process. One review described it as the audio equivalent of taking a hike with a good friend. You can search for Design Doc on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.